Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. I've got an amazing pastor with an amazing head of hair. I hope at my age, at his age I'll have that kind of hair. So I, I, I thought about that right as I came uh, two weeks ago. I was like, man, he, you got a good head of hair. So, so maybe when I get to be that age, maybe I'll have that, that, uh, that kind of look. I get that a lot. People are like, hey, I know that you're in college ministry, and like, why 930? Because I'm asleep. Like, isn't everyone in the world asleep? And I'll kind of tell you a little bit behind that. We were up. We were actually, you know, there's lots of ministries on campus, and we weren't really trying to compete with anybody. We were like, hey, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing anything, we're going to do it at 930 because most people have something that goes on from like 7 until 9 o'clock. So we're like, all right, how about, how about 930? Could you make it then? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, can, I can make it at 930. And I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, well, let's try it then. And then also I started having conversations with people, and they're like, you know, one thing that I struggle with is like going out on Thursday. And if you ever went to college, they have this thing called Thirsty Thursday, which where the bars open up. And at about 930, that's when that's when people go out. So I was thinking and I was like, you know, let's let's not only make it at 930. Let's push that like this is going to be another option because I got tired of hearing people say, you know, I just get bored. That's why I go out. I'm like, how about we give them another option and let it be Jesus? So that's why we started doing it at 930. And it'd be, it's kind of crazy because. And sometimes it's 9.15, you're like, okay, cool, people know we're having it this week. And then sometimes it's about like 9.31, and then everybody shows up. So there's a little bit of scare in there, because you're like, did everybody go to sleep on us this week? But that's, uh, that's why we kind of decided to, to, to do it then. Um, like you said, my, my name is Chase Haney. Um, I just want to thank everyone who came this morning. I mean, some people from Dothan came, from, from Troy, people that I work with. I mean, golly, that it's, it's just so amazing to see how much God has blessed me with just friends and relationships, and it means a lot that you're here this morning. It means a lot. Thank you, Mom, Dad, Graham, Shelby. Thank you all for being here. Um, but I'm excited. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm in college ministry, so if it's okay, y'all all look like y'all are in college to me. Y'all look young and healthy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to preach it like I'm, like I'm at college, and if, if that's not okay, come back next week and everything will be back to normal. I'm going to try not to mess this up. Um, like I said, I, lo- I love, you, love your church, love how accepting it has been of me and, and my friends, and it's just, it's just so cool to see how we can all be Christians and all get along, that it doesn't always have to be just because we might have slightly different opinions, slightly different beliefs. If we're all Christians, we're all part of the body. We're all part of, we're all under Jesus, and it's so cool to see how accepting y'all have been. So one thing that I do every once in a while is I said in college ministry, I try to help out some of our guys, and uh, you know sometimes they can be awkward. Sometimes they can uh, not really get, get the point across that hey they're interested in a girl. So I try to help them out. I'm gonna give y'all a Christian pickup line if that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna start off with a Christian pickup line, and, and it goes like this: You uh, turn to the person next to you and you say, "Hey, my Bible's incomplete," and they're like, "Oh man, they're about to throw something at me really weird." Like, what what do you mean your Bible's incomplete? Say, "I'm in the I'm in the Book of Numbers, and you're sitting in there." <laughs> so I try to help some of my guys out just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, y'all can start throwing rotten tomatoes at me now. That one, that's not. It gets better from here. <laughs> but thank y'all for being here. I'm gonna give you a uh, give you a little bit of context. I uh, I was thinking about what to share with you guys, and I didn't want to do something that I'd already done. I felt God just impressing on my heart. This is where you need to be, and it's so cool because I really hadn't necessarily heard a sermon on it. It was just like God just dropped it in my lap, and. 
I was like, all right, God, like, you're going to have to help me out on this, like, like just to help me line, line these all up. And I was told some of y'all just last night, I was looking over it and I've been planning it out for a couple of weeks and it just, God was just pouring it. And I was just, this, some messages are easier than others to plan out, just like probably a project or anything like that. Sometimes it just flows and it's just like, man, it's there. And then sometimes it's a little bit tougher. But tonight I want to, um, want to go to the book of Mark. It's going to be in Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Um, it, it, give you a little bit of context of what's going on. Jesus is, he's walking around with his disciples, and these disciples, they might have been raised like some of us. They might have, you know, might have like been raised, and they know what not to do and what to do, and hey, you, you should do this and not do this, and they've got this big old list of like what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And at this time, they're kind of talking to Jesus because Jesus is the one who's, who's come and broken all that down. It's that it's no longer the law that you've been saved. It's, you've been saved by grace through faith. And so everything's changing in this moment. And they're asking Jesus these questions about like, hey, like I was just kind of told I shouldn't and should do this. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you've known that it's nothing that you have done. It's what Jesus has done for us. That it's nothing about what we do and don't do, that we can't earn the grace that God has freely given us, that it's freely given by Jesus with his sacrifice on the cross. So they're asking him these questions. And the matter at hand here is that what can you and can you not do on the Sabbath? So that would be like, what can't, you know, you're supposed to keep the Sabbath day holy, so like, does that mean that you can do this or not do this? And that's where they're at. They're in Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to be reading out the NIV version. If that's not the version you have, that's perfectly fine. You know the best version of the Bible? Best translation? The one you read the most. one you read the most. Some, sometimes we like to argue about stuff like that. It's like, no, as long as you're reading the Bible, you're going to be good. So we're going to um, start in, in uh, verse 1. It says, Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus so that, so that they were watching him closely as if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. He stood around them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. God, thank you so much for this morning. God, I just pray that you'll open up our hearts. God, it won't be a word that I say. God, that it'll be you speaking through me. God, I pray that no matter how our week has gone, no matter what the struggles, the temptations, the addictions that we have in our life right now, God, we know that you are the healer, that you are the Savior, God. And I just pray that in this moment you will bless us, God, that we will receive what you were casting down to us, God. God, again, I just thank you for this opportunity, God, and I ask in this moment, God, that I will decrease so that you will increase. In your name, amen, amen. So I, I was kind of, where this, I think, kind of started, I was having a conversation with a guy, and I, uh, I told him, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm in college ministry. You should you come check it out. I'm at Troy. This was in Dothan, and he was telling me that he was a, uh, that he sang, and he told me he was a Christian, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's really cool. Like, what exactly do you, what do you do? And he said he had a couple of songs on Spotify, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm in the presence of someone famous. Like, whoa, like Spotify's a big deal. 
And uh, so I was just kind of talking to him, and, and, and he said, you know, I, uh, I uh, like I said, it sings a little bit. And I was like, okay. And I asked him, I said, what kind of church would you like to lead worship in? And at the time, I didn't know that he didn't, like, he just wants to just sing Christian music. He doesn't necessarily want to lead worship. But he said, you know, I, if I ever were to do that, I'd want to do it in a healthy church. And I was, and at the time, I, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I knew exactly what he meant. But I was just thinking on that, and, and I kept, kept my, it just caught me each and every day. I thought that I would wake up and be like, what does a healthy church even look like? Like, like, is anyone else in here an overthinker? Like, just stop your hand real quick. God's watching. God's watching. All right, so I don't know about you, but that's the way that I am. I think that the, the simplest things in life, I like to just grind on it. And it'll be 11.30 at night, and I'm like, why can't I go to sleep? Like, what does he mean by a healthy church? I don't understand. Like, what, like, like I, I think I know what he means, but is that the right way to say it? And so I was, I was just sitting there, I was thinking about it, thinking about it. And I, I, this is kind of what I came across, and, and maybe, you've, maybe you've thought this, maybe I'm the only weird one in here, and if that's okay, y'all just don't, don't, don't shut me down right here. But uh, I was thinking about, you know, we've all got, each and every single one of us, we're all struggling with something. The other week I was preaching the... Uh, just the story of Samson, and I think about someone that is so just a warrior, a good-looking guy, a guy who seems to have it all together. He still struggled. I think that's one thing, and sometimes in church we just act like everyone's supposed to have it all together, and some of us have been doing this church thing for a while, so we're pretty good at playing that game. But it's like, you know, we all have, we all have these struggles. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe, maybe it's just what, whatever you're going through. We, we've got different races. We've got different sexes. We've got people that are so vastly different. But the one thing that we all have in common is that we are all sinners and that we all need Jesus. That's what a, that's what a healthy church is, is that, you know, when you, when you hear people get married, it says that God loves, that you need to love like God loves the church. And the church, in a basic sense, is just, hey, that's just a whole bunch of messed up people knowing that they need Jesus and that Jesus loves us anyways, no matter how many times we let him down. So I was just, like I said, I was thinking about this and thinking about the stuff we had in common, the stuff that, most of the stuff that we have that's different. And so I was just thinking, I was like, you know, that's, that's what a church is, is that it is healthy, but like we've got people that maybe aren't even Christians that are coming into the church. What is that, what is that classified as? And like I said, I was overthinking it a little bit, but I think whenever we look in this scripture and we see that Jesus walks into this synagogue, he walks into this church, that it's a lot like if he were to walk in here right now. He were to walk in here right now, we've got a whole bunch of different looking people, a whole bunch of different backgrounds, financial situations, a whole lot of differences, but we all need Jesus. And so what I see is that Jesus, when he walks in here, he doesn't just sing the kumbaya and leave. He doesn't just kind of, you know, I was actually eating with Aaron this morning. Somebody walked up to us and said that we both had very nice voices and that we should sing. And I was like, I'm going to bless y'all this morning and not sing for y'all. I'll just preach it. So, so, so she, the, Jesus, Jesus walks in here and he sees that we're all different. And the thing is, is that he doesn't just, he didn't just show up and do the daily routine. No, he walks in there knowing that there's a guy that's got a messed up hand and that he needs healing. So we've got two different types of people, maybe. We've probably got more, but let's just classify it down to two. That We've got one person that needs healing, and then we've got these other people that are sitting there waiting to see what Jesus is going to do. Just sitting there waiting to judge, sitting there waiting to see what Jesus is going to do. Like, like what's, what's going on? The whole room is waiting to see what Jesus is going to do. 
I think the saddest part to this whole story is that I'm not sure whether the guy who had the messed up hand, I think that maybe he just showed up like, hey, maybe, like, maybe if I show up to church this morning, maybe just maybe I'll see Jesus and maybe he can like pray over my hand or like maybe something will happen. At the worst, nothing at all will happen. Recently, my, my mom had breast cancer and thank goodness she's healed, but I, I just thought about that. Like, what if we were to walk into church and we were thinking, you know, hey, look, let's just see if Jesus will just, just pray over. Like, like, there's no harm that can be there, but then everyone else in the church was waiting to see if he was going to heal her on the Sabbath. They're worried about the day. They're not worried about the healing. The, the Savior of the world comes in with saving power, and they're worried about the day. They're worried about what day it is. And Jesus says, you know, is it, is it, should you do good or evil on the, on the Sabbath? And I just started thinking about that. It's like, you know, we're, we're so caught up in these little finite things. And when Jesus came, I, I think that Jesus came to make things simpler. That he came that there's no longer this misconception of, or how am I going to go to heaven? Like, maybe I'll just do the best I can do, and then maybe, maybe just maybe, I'll end up there. Maybe if I'm a good enough person, maybe, maybe, just maybe, that I'll end up in heaven. No, Jesus says that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. He says the only way is through Jesus. Only way is through Jesus himself. He clears that all up. He makes things so much more simple. Today's message is focus on what matters. Focus on what matters, because so many times we get caught up in things that don't really matter, that don't really matter at all. We fight battles that really aren't even worth fighting, because when Paul talks about fight the good fight, he's talking about, man, maybe you might have to let go of an argument, even though you know you're right. Now, I know that's tough. I know that's tough. I, I know that maybe you're, maybe you're trying to figure out, you know, like you're having a religious just conversation, all of a sudden it gets struck down, they're like, no, this is how it has to be. Fight the good fight. Don't fight the fights that aren't worth fighting. Fight the one that, that when Jesus calls you, he, he sends you out. He says, go and make disciples. There's going to be some times that things get tough, that things get hard. But if we're going to fight the good fight, we've got to focus on the things that matter, the focus on the things that really matter. Let's do that today. What if we were to leave here not worried about what people were showing up wearing to church? We were just glad they were here. What if we were to focus on the things that really, really mattered? Instead of wondering about like, hey, you're, you're a different denomination than I am. Let me tell you that you're wrong. No, no, no. How about we just say, hey, look, we're all part of a body and that Jesus loves us all. It says that it's like a body that we've got one person that's an arm, one person that's a leg, one person that is a head. We, I mean, that means that we all come together and we make one body. We're not all going to look the same. What if we were to focus on the things that really matter? Instead of telling people, hey, you shouldn't be smoking. How about you were to say, hey, if you were to come to church with me, I just want to show you that this Jesus that I have in my heart, it's so good that I hope that maybe you would... Maybe just maybe, maybe you change your lifestyle a little bit. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I want to show you the love and the, the peace that God possesses. I'm going to focus on the things that really matter, not fight fights that aren't worth fighting. Because I hear lots of people say, I'm just stressed out. I can't come to church. I've been busy. It's like, I remember my mom once told me, she said, if, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Maybe we're making ourselves busy by focusing on things that really don't matter. Because if we can all agree on this thing that, that we're all sinners and that we need Jesus, the rest will take care of itself. If we'll put Jesus first, everything else will fall into place. 
We're overcomplicating this thing. And in college ministry, I get the chance to preach to people that have never even opened up a Bible. I don't have another option but to keep it simple. And man, I am praising God for it. Because there's so many people that want to have these debates and want to know what we're doing. Some person even told us that what we were doing was unbiblical. I was like, meeting together as Christians, like, that's probably the most biblical thing we could do. <laughs> like, I don't really know what option you want us to do. So, so like, like I said, there, there's, there's sometimes that you need to stand up for your faith, and there's sometimes you might need to just say, you know what, I love you. We might not agree on this, but I'm going to focus on what matters. Because some fights aren't worth fighting. We've got to stay the course, and if we're following after Jesus, we can't worry about these distractions that are left and right that aren't worth doing. What I see in this is, like I said, there's one guy who needs healing, and there's a whole lot of a group of people that are just waiting to cast a judgment. Waiting to cast a judgment. When we talk about make it simple and focus on what matters, like I said, I think Jesus came not to make things more complicated. He came to simplify things, make things easier. Make things easier because we're no longer under the law, the do's and the don'ts. It's no, you're saved by grace through faith. So I think it's as simple as this when it says, you know, that we're supposed to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind. All right, so love God's the first thing that I need to do. Second thing I need to do is love my neighbor as myself. Love that. That's, that's as easy as it gets. Is you need to love God and you need to love people. When we're keeping things simple and when we're focusing on things that matter, that is as simple as it gets. Even that's, that's Jesus. That's what Jesus said. That's as easy as it gets. So when you, when you come into church or you're trying to invite people to church, it's not the, it's not the judgment that's going to get them here. It's going to be the love that you possess when you're loving your neighbor as yourself. But first of all, we've got we to figure out this order. Lots of times in the Bible, and I learned this actually in literature, and I'm really bad at English, is that every time that you're reading, you should always focus on the order of things. Like, first you need to do this, Second, you need to do this. So you can love your neighbor as yourself. But if you miss the first thing, which is love God with all that you have in you, the second really doesn't matter. You're a pretty good person, but you might not be a Christian. Because we've got to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind. That's keeping it simple. That's saying, Jesus, I want you so much. I know that I need you so much that I'm going to keep it simple and love the people around me. So, I think one thing to point out here is that sometimes we can be so judgmental, so just a critic, we can be judgmental, like I said, that we miss, that some things can't be explained by just, just worldly knowledge. Can we agree on that? Like when we see this guy, he comes up with a shriveled hand and all of a sudden it's like, boom, it's gone. Like, what the heck? How did that happen? Like, that can't be explained by just some scientific thing. No, this is the Savior of the world we're talking about. So if you come into church, if you come into the presence of God and you start just coming in here like, what can I, what can I critique today? Oh, man, that, that music was too loud. Like, why can't we just say, man, I, thank God that we have a sound system that works. Instead of just coming in here thinking like, oh, man, we don't have pews. I'm not coming back here. The words are on the screen. Instead of being a critic... How about we were to see what God is doing right before our eyes because sometimes our judgment can blind us from what God is doing. We can be so much of a critic that we miss the movement of God and all of a sudden we look back in 10 years and you're like, what happened? I was on the right path and then all of a sudden I just, 
uh, man, the, the guy who was up there playing the piano, like, he, was, he was all right, but like, I probably could have done it. It's like, no, 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 no. If we were to focus on the things that matter, that means praise God that I live in a country that I can come into a place and praise the God and not have to worry about being killed for it. Did you know that whenever people were deciding to follow Christ back in the day, they were given like maybe two or three weeks to live? Like hanging people upside down on crosses and stuff. This is, I mean, this wasn't no just like, hey, we're going to like shoot you. We're going to make you pay for it. But those people back then decided that it was more worth following Jesus and dying within two or three weeks than to live and not know him. That's being focused on what really matters. That's not critiquing every, oh man, like this judgment might be kind of hard. No, this is focusing on what matters. To put simply, Jesus is the answer, not our judgment. Not, our, not, not, not anything that we say, no matter how many negative thoughts we have. No, if we're focused on what matters, Jesus is the answer. So instead of cutting eyes whenever somebody walks in here, sometimes, sometimes I think about this, you know, like someone who doesn't know Christ isn't going to act like a Christian because they don't know Jesus. Sometimes we want people to start looking like a Christian and we're like, hey, that'll be a good church member right there. That's not, that's not how it works is because if you know before you were saved, you know, you weren't living in the ways of Jesus. No, you were living in the ways of this world. So we don't need to walk around throwing around judgment and throwing around just criticism, waiting for something to stick. No, what we should do is we should love those people because it's the love that's going to get them here, not the judgment. So instead of cutting eyes whenever somebody walks in here and they're going through some struggle, they're going through some addiction, how about we start to love those people instead of just saying, you know, you should probably quit that before you come in here. Because if you know anything about church, it should be somewhere that we come knowing that, yeah, I'm messed up, but that's why I'm here. I'm not here because I got everything together. No, I'm here because I know that I've got a really sinful life and I know that Jesus is the answer. That's why I'm here. That's the only reason that I'm here. So if you're going through something today and you're like, man, I don't know, I don't feel welcome at church. No, this is the very place you should be. Don't go and get things figured out and then show up to church. No, like this is the place we want to help you with that. We want to, we want to present the gospel to that and show you that, man, you might have a messed up arm or you might have an addiction in your life. You might have a struggle in your life. But Jesus, he's the one who can heal you. It's nothing about what we're doing. It's about the Jesus that we all possess. That's what it's all about. So let's start loving people. Let's focus on what really matters and not the small arguments, the small things that don't really even hold any weight. They just divide us. They just divide us. How about if we were to unify, stop worrying about where people went to church and we just said, hey, look, we're going to go reach the city of Eufaula and we're going to love the heck out of them. We're going to love every single kid that goes to that high school. We're going we're to step out and take a leap of faith and say, you know what? We're going to do something so crazy that we're going to try to reach a public secular university where the STD rate is the highest in the state. That's where we're going to try to start a ministry. And we're not doing it because it's, it makes sense or because we think we can do it. No, the reason we do it is because we think it's impossible. Well, we know we have a God that anything that we can do through him who gives us strength, that we can do all things who he, what he calls us to do. See, it's nothing about what we possess. It's the God that, that is in us. 
That's why we do things, not because they make sense, not because we judge the the situation or the outcome before we even go through the process. No, no, no. We're doing things because we want to keep things simple and focus on what really matters. And it might not be in the four years that I'm at Troy University. It might be 18, 20, maybe it might be when Jesus comes back. I don't know. But I never want to look back on my life and say, you know what? I was a Christian in college, but never really took the step, never really leaped out, never really waited until everything made sense before I stepped out and said, God, just use me. I'm available. I don't have all the answers. I don't have a seminary degree, but if you'll put me up on that stage and give me a microphone, I'm going to preach like it's the last time that I get to. I had a friend that was really close to me that I took home every single day after school. Every single day, I'd drive him out to Frost Marlowe, and he was on the same soccer team as me. Jalen, last summer, he, he died in a car wreck because he was the only D1 athlete that went to, uh, to, to, to a D1 school out of my class. He went to Gardner-Webb, and he was running track, and he was actually at a meet, and he came in second place in the whole conference. This dude was a stud. Freshman, freshman sophomore year, sophomore year. And Jalen died in a car wreck last summer. I told God, I said, God, I, I don't understand this. I'm having to carry my friend. I'm, I'm a pallbearer at his, at his uh, funeral. I'm having to carry his casket, and I don't understand why. But I'll tell you one thing. If you ever give me this microphone and give me the chance to present the, the gospel to someone who will just listen, God, if there's just one person, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to worry, as long as it's not sketchy. Like, like, like Let's keep it, in, keep it in frame. But if you give me the opportunity, I'm going to focus on what really matters because this, this call, this gospel, this Jesus that we need, it's urgent. We're not promised tomorrow. So we might wait until, we might wait until you know, things make sense or wait until we got it all together, and that's not how it works. See, because what these people were focused on, they were focused on the day. You might be sitting there tonight, sitting there, see, I preach at night a lot. <laughs> you might be sitting here this morning thinking, you know, there's some things, there's a sour attitude in my heart. There's something in my heart that I need Jesus to, to help me get rid of. See, you can either be like the guy who's got the messed up hand and accept it and, and make a decision this morning, or you can be like the other crowd, the, the however many people that sit there and worry about the day. Oh, not today, not today, not today. I'm busy today, I've got some lunch plans, like I've got some things I've got to do before I, before I make this decision, but... Like I said, I'm not trying to scare you, but this thing, it's urgent and it's powerful and it'll change your life for the better. Change your life for the better. So three points before I hand this thing back over. I wrote this down. And number one, it says, don't worry about being the smartest person in the room. Be the most loving. Have you ever been around somebody that feels like they're just a know-it-all? It's just like random fact here, random fact there, and it's like, that doesn't even go with the conversation we're having, man, but I'm glad you got it. Like, what if we were to focus on not just being the smartest person, like I'm the one who can quote off the most scripture? You, we need to do that. We need to push towards that. But how about instead of us waiting before we have the whole book of Mark memorized, how about we just say, you know, I'm going to be the most loving in this room. No one's going to get mad at you if you start going around loving the heck out of everybody being the most loving, but you will be a little aggravating if you'll be the, most, if you'll be the smartest in the room. <laughs> so be the most loving, because that's what really matters, not the knowledge that you possess, because you can know a lot about Jesus and not actually follow him. Focus on what really matters. Number two out of 17, that was a joke. <laughs> God still heals, 
God still moves. We need disciples. We need to love God. We need to love the people that we're around. But we need to make sure that we do not skip this very critical, this very, this, this, when, when Jesus' last thing that he says is, go and make disciples. When I'm talking about we need to focus on the things that matter, that people need to feel like they're welcome here, that they can show up here knowing they don't have it all together. But that's where the church body steps in and says, you know what, how about, we, how about let's go sit down and we have coffee or we go out to eat at Willie T's or maybe somebody will bring back the pig deli sometime. Get rid of that champ's chicken. We need somebody to do that. I feel like someone's here called to bring back the pig deli. We need somebody. It was anointing after you got out. We need somebody who decides that, you know what, I'm going to invest in that person's life. Because I'm not going to skip this step of like, hey, just show up to church and Pastor Chris will do it all. No, he calls us all to make disciples. So you might not have much like I don't have much. I just preach what I got. You might not possess a lot of knowledge of the Word, but hey, just taking time out of your day to be the most loving in the room, that'll go so so much farther than if you were to just send them scriptures over a text message. No, let's sit down and let's make disciples. That's what we're all called to do. You wonder what your calling is? Make disciples. Make disciples. Last point. Man, y'all can come on up here. If you focus on what matters, you'll find out that it's really not a what, it's a who. It's really not a what, it's a who, and his name is Jesus. That if we focus on who really matters, then man, we'll leave like the guy who had the messed up hand. And all of a sudden, he's got a hand that's restored. You might walk in here with a lot of junk in your life, a lot of things you feel like God cannot forgive you for. You're like, man, there's no way that God can forgive this little sin that I've tucked down deep inside of my heart. There's no way he can even touch that because I've, I keep messing with it. I keep going back to it. See, that guy's been walking around with a messed up hand maybe his whole life. He just showed up saying, you know what, God, just use me. Do what you can. And he left with a restored hand. Or we can decide today, decide, hey, today's not the day. Sounds good, Chase. We'll see you back at Troy University, but... I'm just cool where I'm at. I think if we were to be honest, we've all got some room for some improvement when it comes to loving the people around us. We all have a workplace. We all have people that we're around that, man, they're in desperate need of this gospel. They're in desperate need of this Jesus that we possess. We can't be stingy with it. We can't pick and choose which person we might think, yeah, they might be someone that will be easy because they, they grew up in church. Let me talk to them. Maybe you need to, yeah, yeah, do that. But if God's going to put someone in my, and put somebody in my way, I'm going to, I'm going to present the gospel to them, because I want them, I want them going where I'm going. So, we can be the guy who leaves here today with maybe a new attitude. Maybe see some some chains actually fall, or we can make a decision today to be like the crowd. Because they showed up sour. Yeah, they did. But they left saying, we're going to have to kill this Jesus guy. This judgment that we're talking about has been in churches for 2,000 years. This criticism, it's been in church for a long time. What if today we were to say no more? No longer going to judge. I'm no longer going to be a critic. Because that's not my job. My job is to love the people that I'm around. 
That today is the day that I change my attitude, that I let some addiction go, that I actually see this struggle. I might might just need to confess it to someone else so they can keep me accountable. But I really believe that today, if if we were to really let God change our life, He'll do it. That He's never let us down and He's not going to start today. That doesn't make any sense. 2,000, you know, how many years? He's never let us down. He's not starting today. When He says that He forgives, He forgives us all. So I'm going to be standing in the back as we, as we wrap this up. If you need somebody to pray with you, I'd love to do that. You might feel like you're disqualified for this grace that God freely gives. No, that's not the case. Because there were some really messed up people that I feel like God made sure that He put in this Bible. I and mean, we're talking about Paul who went from killing Christians to being somebody who writes in the Bible. Like, If God can take this white skinny kid and put him in skinny jeans and put him up here to preach the gospel, I guarantee He can do something in your life. He can change it. That addiction, it can be gone. That struggle, it can be gone today. It might be a process. It doesn't mean that it's completely cast out because when the devil knows what gets you, it's gonna, he's going to keep trying to get you, keep hitting, hitting you where it hurts, but know that Jesus is standing in front of you taking those punches for you if you let him. So I'm going to be standing in the back, and like I said, if it's an attitude change or whatever the case may be, Jesus still loves you. So I'm going to pray for us, and they're going to go into this next song. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.